I wanted to talk about referees. I saw an article, and the article was really interesting to me because referees get weird treatment and levels of respect. Now, this one is tragic. That's actually the worst problem. Uh, but let's read that first. And I'll give you the sort of the basic premise of where I would go from there. So I'm just going to read this uh, first like paragraph from the New York Times. 13-year-old soccer players in Cincinnati has been pulling at their opponent's jerseys all game. Rihanna Garcia raised her flag again and again, signaling fouls. But the coach took issue with her officiating that October in 2020. The insults he directed at Rihanna, who was 14 at the time, intensified throughout the match. She said that he had accused her of being colorblind, which is a pretty classic, had a shouted expletives and racial and a racial slur at her, which, okay, that's a bit beyond the pale. Before the final whistle blew, the coach had been kicked off the field, and Rihanna, holding back tears, texted her boss, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Such unruly behavior is the driving force, referees say, behind a nationwide shortage of youth sports officials. And here's the thing. Without youth sports officials, you can't have youth sports. And the problem here is the official who's getting treated like a career professional by the coach, who's, you know, maybe she should be able to take it. It's a 14-year-old girl. A 14-year-old boy wouldn't make a difference. A 14-year-old kid. And they're refereeing a bunch of 13-year-olds. I mean, that's already too much. And then the parents getting super aggressive. So I, I've done judo my whole life. And so a lot of my personal philosophy and the way I think and stuff is, is very informed from the judo philosophy of how things work. Now in judo, the rule is, officially, you're, the players are not allowed to speak. Uh, and that's it. So like, I, if, if you say something to the ref you can get booted out right there and then. I went to a fairly large tournament once and there was an Italian guy and the Italian guy, so there's three refs in judo, two side refs, one on each corner and they basically say if the players go out of bounds or not and there's one in the middle who's actually doing most of the officiating. If a decision needs to be made, they all vote with a little flag. So sometimes you would see that. So like if they had to make a decision. Uh, so the ref in the middle, though, he's officiating. Now, so this guy got a bad call. Now, in judo, you get bad calls. Everyone does. I've had bad calls against me, and I've had bad calls in my favor. Uh, you just kind of take it as karma and accept it. Like, that's just the reality is not every call is going to be perfect. And you can't see what happened. Maybe it was a good call, and you just don't know. But this Italian dude pointed at the ref in the middle, and he goes, fuck you. Turns to look at the ref on one side, goes, fuck you. And then looks at the ref on the other side, goes, big surprise in the finale here. Fuck you. Uh, he was banned from judo for life. So he could still practice, but he could never compete again. And this was, like I said, a fairly high-level tournament. That is a significant punishment for what his behavior for his behavior. So that you disrespect the refs, you're out. Now, the refs in judo are all probably old judo dudes. Uh, I was in the same situation as the same girl in this story. I was in my late teens, and they said, we don't have enough referees. Peter, you know it well enough. Could you be a ref? Now, I wouldn't mind being a side ref. Uh, basically, you just watch, and then if someone goes out of bounds, you stick out your hand and you say, dude's out of bounds, so get him back in. Uh, you can support the ref in the middle, and like if they have to make a decision or not, you can, you can vote, and then uh, basically my vote would copy the 
highest level dude who actually knew what he was doing. But I was in a situation where I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. I didn't feel like I belonged there. And I didn't want to be there. That was actually the main thing. This was 100% a favor on my part to the tournament so that it could continue. Uh, and so I was. they put me in the middle with some basically 15, 16-year-old kids. Uh, so I was refing that. A guy from my own club starts shouting at me, like really, really harshly. And I realized he's trying to test his limits. Like how far can he go? Because he knows me. In a weird way, he's an authority because he's an older guy and I'm a young guy in the same club. Uh, and so he thinks, oh, if I shout at him, he might do what I say and I actually could... This is essentially trying to rig the game by pushing the ref to make a bad decision in your favor. And I actually had to tell him if he doesn't shut up, I'm going to kick him out. Uh, because he's, this wasn't one of the players talking. This was a, a coach on the side. You can't boot them out. It's just ridiculous that I would have to ever have that conversation. So this that's a that's a very low version compared to this story in the Washington Post. But of course, it's going to get in the Washington Post. It's got to be a pretty big, dramatic story. But I didn't deserve to be treated that way. I was doing everyone a favor, a thing I didn't want to do. I never refed again. So they asked me to, and I said, no, the last experience was horrible. I'm not doing it. Uh, I'm not going to put myself in that position. I might do the timekeeping. I might flip the cards uh, when they have like points and stuff. I might do stuff like that, but I am not going to do any officiating for judo ever again. And I kept that promise. <laughs> and so that this this article that I read about the glut of officiating actually had one very interesting other element, and it was... A chart that went along with it. And this is the Nebraska referee stats thing. So it's a tweet from the Nebraska referee development program. So this is basically mostly soccer refs in Nebraska, which is a very specific sample size, very specific demographic and group. But it was interesting to me because it does show you sort of like a broad swath of one kind of referee. It's a very specific thing, but I bet a lot of the trends in this hold true for other things. So when you yell or criticize a referee, do you know who you'll be criticizing? 40% of the referees are in their first year. 60% are 17 or younger. So it's kids in their first year of refereeing and you're shouting at them. And again, we're talking about no stakes games. Soccer games, maybe the high school level, middle school level. No one's winning championships doesn't mean anything. There might be one kid out of all the teams in that league who actually has the chance to actually go on and do something more professionally sports wise. But for most of these kids, it's fun, it's exercise, it's learning. So the stats I I did enjoy, and I I do get off on stats. So 39% of referees are new, 60% of referees are 17 or younger. This is 2021 to 2022 stats. 31 of referees are 17 or younger and are brand new. 28% of referees are 40 or older. So these are, again, older dudes who are, you know, just doing this to help out. 74% of referees are male. 26% of referees are female. So basically they're saying, like, you've got these people who are volunteering their time and you think it's appropriate to treat them like this is the world championships of whatever sport and that, you know, millions of dollars are at stake when really the reality is nothing is at stake. Uh, But then I think the rules in judo for how the players behave should be applied elsewhere. Uh, So it's kind of gotten off topic a little bit if that's the main topic. So I don't think uh, audience 
should be allowed to say anything to the referee. I think you say something to the referee, you actually should be booed regardless if it was an audience or a coach or anyone else. Speaking to the referee should be not allowed in sports. So you have the baseball rule. And the baseball rule is you can get up in the umpire's face and you can shout and scream and I assume spit on him because you're up so close to his face. You can kick dirt on him, but you're not allowed to touch him. And they, again, if you see in that sport, they push that rule to the absolute limit. I think that's unacceptable. Why does that guy have to get treated that way? And they say, oh, because he has an inordinate amount of power over the game. He can influence how the game goes. But there's two sides to that. Yes, he can essentially decide who wins or loses by how strict he is with his refereeing. But number two, he's getting paid like less than, you know, middle class salary probably for refereeing these million dollar athletes. So the coach, how much does the coach of a professional baseball team get paid? Now I want to find out. (laughs) All right. We're going to do just a quick search. Uh, How much does a professional umpire make that's what i want to know professional umpire gets about a starting rookie umpire salary is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and the more experienced umpires and senior umpires like joe west make up as much of 450 nearly half a million dollars holy shit that is way more than i was expecting uh because judo referees get nothing <laughs> the judo referees in the olympics are most likely volunteers maybe they've had their like flight and hotel paid for it, but they don't take any money home. I have uh, uh, my old judo teacher in Japan. He had a picture of him on the wall of him officiating an Olympic or national competition. And I know he didn't get paid for that. That was just purely for the love of continuing and giving back to the sport. So, but, okay. So my premise of the, the umpire doesn't get paid that much falls apart pretty quick if he's getting anywhere from 100000 to half a million dollars. So, uh... But I still don't think they should get treated that way because no one else gets treated that way. That's maybe my point. And if you do treat someone else that way, you get in trouble. Soccer has always bothered me because judo basically has like, you have a certain amount of time. So you fall and you get, ah, I hurt my knee. The ref might give you a moment to get up again. It's a fighting sport. So really that doesn't happen. But let's say it's like a, a, a cheap shot or something. You'll get a sec to get up again. But if you don't get yourself together and get going, you're out. You're like, okay, if you can't continue, you have to forfeit and you're gone now. I think there should be a time limit for how long a soccer player can be on the ground. And if he doesn't get up in a certain amount of time, he's off the the pitch, regardless of whether it's a real injury or not. Because they fake so much. And I understand it's a low-scoring sport, so one penalty kick could actually be the difference between you know a tie and a win, which is significant to a soccer player or soccer team. But it's so fake. And it's so often they have to discourage that behavior. And a fine doesn't do it. I think the biggest punishment for a player is to be taken off. And then if players continue doing it, they will actually take away sort of the A team that's out there now. They're using the B team. The B team pulls it off. They're all off the pitch. Now you have like uneven sides. That's all on you. So if you don't get up in time, you should get off the pitch. Um, And then again, the red card system, I think that's okay. I think they should whip those out real fast, though. I would not want these guys talking to me the way they do. And then the other only other sports I was really thinking about was football and basketball. It's because the referees are normal human beings and the players are giants. Uh, And it's like those guys getting up. It doesn't happen as much in those sports, though. I actually think they actually show more restraint. So again, in my mind, judo, the whole point is like, if these fighters cannot restrain themselves, someone is going to get hurt. So it's actually a safety issue more than anything else. But there is the secondary issue of why 
should anyone be berated for volunteering or helping out in these kind of sports? If you're getting paid half a million dollars, I think you can take a couple words, but you're getting shouted at by a guy who's making $10 million a year. I'm sorry. I don't think I deserve to get talked to like that. Um, which got me into a weird secondary topic of refereeing language. So there was an article and it was the FBI has an 85 page document about internet speak. Uh, it's old because it's when Twitter was new because it actually starts out with the advent of Twitter and uh, MySpace. They don't mention Facebook. They mention MySpace. Uh, and it was all just basically all the acronyms they used. And this was so the FBI could monitor online chatter and actually understand what I assume youths would be speaking of. And if they wanted to participate uh, in a conversation, they could sound like, this is a very classic, hello, fellow teen kind of situation moment. I actually thought that, found this interesting because I know the, the internet's been around my whole life. I've watched it develop and grow. I've seen the communities come and go, that kind of thing. So that's actually very interesting to see that over the course of your lifetime. I have seen the language change. I actually once wrote a lesson for English as a second language students about internet speak. And I had to use a lot of stuff that I knew was out of date because it has to be recorded and then it has to be defined. And the problem with internet language is it's always mutable, it's always changing. So it's really hard to get a definition that sticks for a little while. And then if you use it for any amount of time, it's going to be out of date. So I actually wrote a letter to people who would use this lesson saying, A, uh, look, you don't need to send me a message saying no one talks like this. I know it. I chose standard, like sort of longer lasting acronyms and stuff to use so that uh, we could define it. And for me, it wasn't so much about here's current internet language. It was more, here's a puzzle. People on the internet are using these kind of things. Can you figure it out from context? And if you're able to do that, when you hit a new word or a new acronym or something else, then you could maybe figure it out. Now, most of them are too obscure, but it was a fun activity. But I still, this actually was interesting because I written that paragraph. I see why am I? I don't know. I don't keep up with it. I see you me. <laughs> this is the problem with guessing. And this is why the FBI had to make this list because their agents needed to refer to something. Oh, in case you missed it, that's quite good. I'm going to give you some of the favorites I pulled off the list, though. So, uh, this was very early internet days, because again, Twitter was new, MySpace is still referenced as a current thing. So it was colon, colon, P-O-O-F, colon, colon. So poof. And that was disappearing, I'm leaving the chat, I'm leaving the room. Uh, they did, this actually I thought was funny, because this is one I figured if you're an FBI agent, you should have been able to figure this out. It's the number two. And then the definition is T-O, comma, T-O-O, comma, T-W-O. And I was like, dude, like I'm not, I don't consider myself particularly savvy with this stuff, but I could figure that out if that was in the, uh, uh, in, in, in a sentence, if what it meant. It's like sticking eight on the end of something like H8, the number eight. And then you go, it means hate. Like you could figure that out. Uh, there was A-I-T-R. Adult in the room. I actually now realize I should get these old acronyms and get some of my friends and we'll play a guessing game with it, but we'll try that maybe later. I'll give you the ones again I found most interesting. Um, this was interesting. A-M-O-G. Alpha male of group. And this was old, so I was wondering if it was serious or sarcastic. Because 
I can't imagine ever referring to someone as an alpha male in a real or serious way. That's the issue that came when I saw alpha male of group. Uh, it has to be sarcastic. But the notes for the FBI did not give tone or intent or anything else. So it didn't actually say this is a sarcastic thing that people say. They might go in and say, you know, seriously. And then the user on the other end would be like, wait, that's very unusual that he used that phrase seriously. Oh, and this is, this is what I really liked. A-Y-F-K-M-W-T-S. And it's, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? But on the FBI sheet, fucking and shit were both censored. So it was F star 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 I-N-G and S star star T. And I was just like, that's insane that our FBI agents' delicate sensibilities might be offended by bad words. If their actual job is to like cybersecurity and they're on the internet, they're seeing way worse shit than that constantly. I did like this one, DBI. The DBI is douchebag index. So that's actually one I might start using to see if I can get that one back. Uh, there was Han, H-A-N, and that means I'm alone. And I was like, I didn't get that one at first. Han Solo. This is almost like Cockney rhyming slang where you have to take random bits, put them together, and then de- decrypt them again. Uh, then there was, ironic for this list, I-H-A. I hate acronyms. Which, yeah, if you're doing a list, because the list of acronyms was 2,800 entries. And they were saying, this will help you keep track of your kids and your grandkids. Uh, if you have more things that you find over time, you can just add them to this list. So I, it doesn't actually, you know, bode well that it doesn't seem to be particularly well curated. It seems like it was just all thrown together. So there was I-O-A-B. I'm on a boat. Which, after that Lonely Island song came out, would make sense to me, but this would be pre-Lonely Island. So how often would people actually have to declare that they were on a boat was an interesting uh, mind puzzle to work out. And then there's uh, MSR, which, again, shows the age of this list because that was a Mulder-Scully romance. Now, I would actually assume a significant number of people who watch this have never actually seen the X-Files. So they don't actually know who Mulder and Scully are and what that romance was like because it was very will-they-won't-they for like six, seven years. Uh, And then there was QK, which was Ninja, which I still do not understand. I need an actual explanation of what that means. And then I thought, okay, well, that was interesting enough, but... It's outdated and pointless. What is the modern equivalent of this? And it turns out it's a thing. This actually has a name. It's called algo speak, and it's called algor- it's, it's algorithmic speech. And the idea is the modern algorithms now will uh, suppress your videos if you say certain words or have certain words in the description and things like that. So algo speak, algorithm speak is designed to get around the restrictions of the algorithm. So these are modifications to make sure that your video still gets the same amount of attention as it would if you didn't say that specific word. Uh, The corn emoji is used on TikTok for porn. Yeah, it didn't take me long to figure that out. So this is another thing that was really interesting to me because without context, I just saw corn in a sentence and I was like, why is it corn? And then I was like, oh, well, again, from context, she's talking about sexual stuff. She means porn. Uh, Again, I don't claim to be up on anything. That's why I'm reading about them and not just participating in the experience. 
Uh, you're not allowed there like uh, suicide and death and things like that tend to be really heavy topics and algorithms during the COVID period, the pandemic period, uh, actually like discussions about suicide were pretty significant. And so they actually started suppressing those because they didn't want to like, uh, they don't want self-harm to be promoted and that. So like you can see there's a like almost a noble desire to promote more positive, optimistic content, but then you can't have a serious discussion about a dark and heavy topic. So they would start using unalive. So if they want to talk about death in any context, they would say like, I want to unalive myself. Video game YouTubers started saying game end instead of kill because of the algorithm. I didn't know that either. So this is a, there's a lot of language that like I can understand, but I don't participate in that maybe I need to learn. But I mean, no one's watching my videos anyway, so I don't really have to worry about it. Uh, the spicy eggplant, I did enjoy that, is a vibrator. Uh, Anti-vaxxers referred to their groups as pool parties, and they referred to vaccinated people as swimmers. And I thought this was, I didn't know where that really came from. I think it was people in the pool and out of the pool. But the idea, though, is that if they were spreading COVID or vaccine misinformation, YouTube or Facebook or whatever would take down their video or suppress it completely. So they needed to use completely different language. So they never said anti-vax. They never said vaccinated. They never got COVID in there. So that kind of stuff. There was also this, I think this probably started in the 2017 YouTube ad apocalypse where they really, really started cracking down on people. And they actually found a lot of people in the LGBT community were getting any time. If they said gay in their video, which again, it's fair to talk about gay people and gay subjects. It was immediately demonetized. So they started referring to LGBTQ issues or as groups were referred to as the leg booty people or leg booty, which I thought that was quite nice. Because again, that is so alien to the concept they're talking about. And yet, if you follow the logic and who's talking about it, you can actually immediately understand what they're saying. Uh, Twitch had an interesting one that you can't say cracker uh, because cracker is a slur for white people. So if you actually want to talk about real crackers, so this has happened to someone where they were talking about like actual crackers, they had to say, if I want to talk about crackers, I have to use the word saltine because cracker is not allowed. I'm on Twitch right now. If this uh, stream suddenly comes to an end, it's because I just said cracker about 15 times in a row. But I think, you know, it's my people, I can say it. I My first thought though was, it would be great if people started using saltine as a racial slur against white people. Because cracker never had any impact. But saltine is weird enough that people would be like super offended by it. They would really struggle with it as, a, as, as an idea. Like, oh man, this saltine over here, I would, that would make me laugh. But again, if it makes me laugh, it's not having the same sort of uh, impact as other suppressed words. The, the solution here was interesting to me because this is really groups of people creating new ways of speaking to avoid oppression, but it works both ways. Like the people who are being oppressed, like the anti-vaxxers, I think the real core issue is it doesn't matter how strongly people try to suppress language, what people are going to do, whether, I mean, you agree with them or not, because again, there's the anti-vaxxers who I don't agree with in the LGBT community, which I believe should be allowed to talk about their issues as much as they want. Um, they're both groups are just going to change how they talk. They're going to use this algo speak. They're going to come up with a new word because it's really just code switching and stuff like that. So like the way I speak at work and the way I speak when I sit down to Twitch are two different things. Although again, I'm such a linear thought human being that I probably speak the exact same way at work as I do at home. 
I just don't, I know, that's probably swear just as much either way. Um, but the way around this algorithmic oppression is to just change the words to something related or just change them completely, like leg booty. And then the people who need to know or want to know will learn that language. Because I actually gamed by myself for a very, very long time. And then I get on with other people who game in communities and they still say stuff that I just don't understand. And that's fine. I mean, I should learn it because the conclusion is people are always going to find a way around your rules anyways. Yeah, don't accept oppression. The thing is, certain people should be oppressed. (laughs) When I think about the anti-vaxxers, I actually agree with suppressing that to a degree or no, because it's the same thing. If you promote one and don't touch the other, it's still suppressing one by promoting the other. You can't, because this is it. The free wild internet as a concept seems like a good idea, but it just turns into like awful racism and like just awfulness and people being terrible to each other too quickly. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to referee that which is why I'm not a referee. (laughs) Ah, no, I got to end. I don't have a conclusion. How do you keep up with it? Like, because now my kids are growing up and they're going to have things, but they're Japanese. So they're saying a ton of shit I don't understand anyways. Just because they're using Japanese internet slang or Japanese game slang and stuff like that with their friends. Like, I'm struggling to keep up with the Japanese, never mind the slang within a certain subgroup of that language. I'm old. There's your conclusion. I'm old and I don't understand what's going on. So we should suppress everyone who doesn't say things the way I like them and disagrees with me because I'm an old saltine.